This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. Welcome, everyone, to this special edition of American Real. Today, our guest is Roger Stone, who, in his own words, calls himself a polarizing figure. And I have to agree with that. But the reason I'm sending this message to you right now is that yesterday we released the video trailer to this episode, and it has stirred up a ton of controversy. People are upset that we're having him on the platform. People are sending all kinds of obscenities to me and hate mail. And I just have to send a message that, look, the reason I created American Real is to be able to share people's stories, is to stay neutral is to show that I don't take sides. And the fact that someone like Roger Stone is coming onto the show and speaking, you know, his voice, I want to allow that. I am not one to shun someone or censor someone. And that would go against my belief. For the past couple of years, I've been trying really hard to practice non-judgment. And it extends all the way to our guests. So I don't want to judge who they are, what they're about, what may or may not have happened, uh, politics, whatever it may be. I just want to allow people to share their story. So I have no agenda, and I certainly don't expect you, the viewer, to like every single guest we bring on the show. I invite you to sit back and relax as I bring you Roger Stone. So what do you say to the naysayers that are listening, watching, and just say, look, I don't believe this guy? Look, I, I recognize that I am a polarizing figure. When somebody wins an election, that means somebody loses an election. The people that lose are usually bitter and very angry, particularly when you outsmart them. I, I have said from the beginning that politics is not being bad. This is a contact sport in the United States always has been. What I have always said, and I still say, is I'm prepared to do anything necessary to elect my candidate short of breaking the law. And when the prosecutors goes to federal judges and magistrates in three jurisdictions and says, Your Honor, we have probable cause and evidence to charge Roger Stone for treason, conspiracy against the United States, uh, cyber crimes, including uh, the receipt and dissemination of stolen data, cyber crimes, including unauthorized access to a protected computer, the money laundering of millions of dollars of Russian money in violation of the foreign campaign contributions ban, aiding and abetting a conspiracy, accessory to a conspiracy after the fact, mail fraud, wire fraud, they might as well throw in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, but they got a search warrant based on those, those uh, uh, presentations, and they had no evidence of any of those things. They violated my Fourth Amendment rights on the basis of my public Twitter feed. Yes, I did accurately predict that, that WikiLeaks would dump stuff in October, and they did. This is not a secret. 
there are many people who knew this was coming. It was it, most of it came from the public realm. So uh, I think that I was targeted for a very specific reason, and I can tell you what that reason is. Finally, I wasn't able to say this for 16 months. On July 24th, 2019, one of the prosecutors contacted one of my lawyers after a hearing and said, "We'd like to meet with you privately." And it was there that they proposed a deal. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Roger Stone. You are a longtime personal friend of the President of the United States, Donald Trump. You are also a personal advisor. You were a Republican national presidential campaign leader from the days of Nixon through Reagan up through Donald Trump. You are a New York Times best-selling author, Roger. Welcome to the show. Uh, you know, I'm really delighted to be here, mostly because, as I think you know, uh, the court placed me under what I believe is an unconstitutional gag order uh, throughout my entire legal ordeal, and therefore, while CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Daily Beast were allowed to, you know, rain disinformation on me and just print lie after lie after lie, I was not permitted to defend myself because the judge says that if I defended myself, it might taint the jury pool. But what about the New York Times? Or pardon me, what about the Washington Post, the dominant newspaper in the city from which the jury was selected? Did their attacks on me not taint the jury pool? It was an absurd argument, but uh, this is where I found out that our judicial system is broken. I appealed her gag order to the D.C. Court of Appeals, the, the, the uh, court above her. They sat on that appeal, appeal for five months, saying nothing, five months in which I sustained daily damage. Stone's a Russian spy. Stone will be indicted for conspiracy against the United States. Stone has money laundered millions of dollars for the Russians. Stone uh, is, a, is a, a guilty of wire fraud, mail fraud, aiding and abetting a felony. All of these things are being published. I can't say a word. Then at the end of five months, the appeals court comes back with a two-sentence ruling that says, this matter is not right for our consideration. You must first go back to the judge who imposed that gag rule on, uh, on you and ask her to lift it, as if she would do so. It's the exact same thing they did to General Flynn last week. The, the judge in General Flynn's case, when uh, both the government uh, and Doc, uh, General Flynn's lawyers moved to dismiss the case based on the finding of egregious prosecutorial misconduct, uh, holding exculpatory information back from Flynn, to highly illegal uh, evidence that he was set up politically and they knew that he committed no crime. Then the judge uh, out of the thin air, he appoints a special prosecutor who just happens to be a crony of his, uh, and the special counsel comes back and recommends uh, that Flynn be prosecuted now for pleading guilty, which he only did under enormous pressure from the government. First of all, Judge Emmett Sullivan doesn't have the authority to appoint a special counsel, and the law he points to giving him the authority actually says the exact opposite. I don't think he's ever read it. The point being, when Flynn appealed to the appeals court of D.C., as I did, they did the exact same thing. They kicked it back to the corrupt judge for reconsideration, which is, he's the guy who made the appointment. 
he's not going to now say the appointment was illegal. So the D.C. circuit is really wired, and I doubt that any Republican or libertarian or conservative or free thinker, anybody who is not a status quo Democrat uh, can get a fair trial in that jurisdiction. I just went through this meat grinder, and I can tell you firsthand that it is rigged against you at every turn. After I was arraigned, uh, and you may have seen this, it, uh, the manner of my arrest was somewhat interesting. I was charged with nonviolent, white-collar process crimes, lying to Congress. I didn't lie to Congress, but we'll come back to that later. The special counsel's office uh, spoke to my attorneys on January 24th. All they had to do was say, we're charging your client. You need to bring him into the courthouse for arraignment. Instead, in a pre-dawn raid, 29 heavily armed FBI agents, completely uh, kitted out in SWAT gear, carrying assault weapons, arrive in 17 armored vehicles. There's a government helicopter overhead. There's two FBI amphibious units on the dock behind my house because I lived on a canal. Uh, frogmen are holding you know, assault weapons. They completely surround my house. They bring a battering ram up to the front door as if they're going to have to break it in. They have this really vicious looking group of, ca of dogs, canines on, on leashes, uh, and uh, they pound on the door. I open the door looking down the barrel of two rifles. Uh, I obviously surrender. They handcuff me. They walk me out in the middle of the street. And it is then that I learn that CNN has been permitted to film the entire thing. CNN is 25 feet from my front door. Uh, now, going back and looking at the security camera footage, my own, which the FBI stupidly left behind because they took everything else, uh, all of my electronic devices, and then they conducted a 13-hour search of my entire home and tore it to shreds. Uh, you know what they found in terms of evidence? Nothing. I, I, I am now aghast at how CNN is there. Later, I go back and look at the security camera, and what I know is CNN shows up 14 minutes ahead of the FBI and sets up their camera. The street has been sealed. So the only media outlet that is allowed in the restricted area is CNN. And I can see in the video camera FBI personnel talking to the CNN personnel several times. That's the, that's the free Roger Stone dog chorus. Just ignore that. Uh, CNN would have us believe, and they're about to get an award, that they sleuthed this out, that, that their presence was uh, based on a journalistic hunch. This is nonsense. This, this is false. The reason we know that is because a, a, a correspondent for CNN called my lawyer at 6.05. I was arrested at 6 o'clock, and she emailed him a draft copy of my indictment. My indictment was still sealed. It didn't get unsealed by a federal magistrate until 9.30 a.m., three and a half hours later. The draft she has has no uh, timestamp on it, no paster markings, no court markings. So it's clearly not the official draft. Therefore, it was leaked to her. Interestingly enough, it does still have the meta tags of the person who wrote it, Andrew Weissman, the notoriously corrupt federal prosecutor. So they knew in advance 
Uh, and now they're about to get an award from the White House Correspondents Association for their uh, uncanny ability to show up just before the arrest. This was the shortest stakeout in American journalistic history. Why is this significant? Let me explain it. It's really simple. When they came to execute the arrest warrant, they also executed a search warrant for the premises. The leaking of a government plan to execute a search warrant is a felony, a serious felony. Somebody broke the law. Whoever told CNN that this was going down broke the law. To this day, the FBI will not turn over their email traffic between the FBI and CNN in the days and weeks ahead of my address, even though legally they're obligated to, they're just stonewalling it. So, um, you know, more to come in my opinion, but uh, this kind of Gestapo type raid is something you might see in Nazi Germany. But for the first time, nonviolent white collar crime of lying to Congress, they, they sent more men after me than they'd sent after bin Laden uh, or, or El Chapo. Uh, and it was all for the theatrics. It was all to put the black hat on me to make me look like some kind of criminal. And I think also as a, uh, a warning to other witnesses that they wanted to testify against me, that they would be subjected to the same treatment if they did not go along with the government's narrative. You've been around uh, politics since the days of Nixon. Have you seen anything like this before. Well, what, what's amazing to me is the way the Democrats slough off what we have now uncovered. It is, there, it is now beyond dispute due to the final declassification of the relevant documents that Barack Obama uh, and his appointees and his vice president harnessed the authority of the government uh, and the capabilities of the intelligence agencies to defraud a federal court in order to spy on the Republican candidate for president, and then the president-elect, and then the president of the United States. Now, I could be wrong, but I think that's what they removed Nixon for, exactly what they removed him for. However, uh, Nixon's case is far less serious. In the case of Watergate, I was there, a small band of former intelligence agents break into the Watergate, they have no affiliation with the federal government, uh, and they plant bugging devices, which actually never work. They learn nothing. They get nothing of value. Uh, and there's a lot of indications, I've written two books on this subject, that this was a setup. In other words, Nixon's people planned this, this break-in for reasons that don't make sense. Nixon is running ahead in 49 states he is headed for the largest blowout landslide in history. What could pop possibly be at the Democratic National Committee that would be worth knowing? We still don't know the answer to that. There are, there are a number of theories. Uh, I recommend a book called White House Call Girl uh, by Phil Stanford. You can get it on Amazon. It's a cool little book, but I think he nails it. Uh, this had to do with a call girl ring that was being used by both the Democrats and the Republicans and the State Department, uh, but I don't want to get sidetracked. In the case of Obama, however, this is an abuse of power in which the full authority and investigative might of the federal government is used to halt the election of Donald Trump and then try to overturn the election of Donald Trump.
That's sedition. That's treason. And then I watch these Senate hearings and I see Dick Durbin, for example, of Illinois, Democrat, saying this is no big deal. I go back and look at what he said about Watergate. Oh, my God, this is the greatest constitutional crisis of our day. This is, this is beyond belief. Now, the question is this. Will anybody be punished for this? Will anybody be prosecuted? I mean, in my case, I, I was convicted of lying to Congress. But my indictment is, a, is really fabricated because to violate the False Statements Act, which is what I'm charged with, you have to have the intent to lie. And the lie has to be material, has to be meaningful, consequential. I made misstatements, but none of them hid any underlying crime. Yeah, there's an email between Steve Bannon and I discussing a story in that morning's Washington Post, and I forgot it. And so, what's illegal about that? So they've criminalized normal political communications, yet we know for a fact now that Comey lied to Congress. Brennan lied to Congress. Clapper lied to Congress. Uh, McCabe lied to Congress. Strzok lied to Congress. Uh, Lisa Page lied to Congress. Rod Rosenstein lied to Congress. Mueller himself lied to Congress. Uh, Samantha Powers lied to Congress. Uh, this list goes on and on. The difference between them and me is they lied about consequential things, material things. There was nothing material in the things they learned. My, uh, my curiosity about what it is that WikiLeaks has announced in June they have and says they're going to release before the election is not illegal. It's normal political activity. Every political reporter, every politico in both parties was curious as to what Julian Assange had and would release. There was never any evidence that I had advanced knowledge of the content or the source of his material or the topic. I, I was never told that. I never received anything from them. Uh, my predictions were based on one source, Randy Credico, who lied at trial and said that wasn't true, but it was. And all he told me was, whatever they have is big. It's going to really turn the race upside down, and it's coming in October. I think that's all he knew. He knew that from one of the WikiLeaks lawyers. Uh, I have email traffic between them that proves that. Uh, but that's gossip, uh, and it's not illegal to know. And it turned out to be absolutely correct, but they have criminalized that. Why did they spend literally millions of dollars? The raid on my house cost 1.1 million bucks because the government was shut down at that time. So every agent is getting time and a half, uh, plus the helicopter, plus the vehicles. I mean, it was, it, it was something out of a movie. My wife still has nightmares about it, understandably. Uh, my wife uh, is hearing impaired. She's virtually deaf without her hearing aids. So she didn't hear any of this commotion. She was still sleeping. She didn't know that I had been taken into custody. She woke up looking down the barrel of two guns. She didn't know if it was a home invasion. She had no idea what was going on. It, it, you know, my fear was they didn't know she was deaf. If they shouted out an order and she moved the wrong way, they might have shot her. Uh, thank God that didn't happen. But to march her out in the middle of the street uh, make her stand there in her bare feet in a nightgown uh, while under a gunpoint while CNN's cameras are running. This is a little beyond the top. If, no, there are no charges against her. And the charges against me 
considering their predictions, uh, were really fairly ridiculous. At that point, I had the naive view that I could be acquitted. I had no idea what the D.C. court system would turn out to be like. So what do you say to the naysayers that are listening, watching, and just say, look, I don't believe this guy? Look, I, I recognize that I am a polarizing figure. When somebody wins an election, that means somebody loses an election. The people that lose are usually bitter and very angry, particularly when you outsmart them. I, I have said from the beginning that politics is not being bad. This is a contact sport in the United States. Always has been. People put out flyers saying Abraham Lincoln fathered a, an African-American child. People put out flyers saying that, that Franklin Pierce was a homosexual. The only thing that's changed is we have the internet. We don't use handbills anymore. So politics has never been gentle. What I have always said, and I still say, is I'm prepared to do anything necessary to elect my candidate short of breaking the law. And when the prosecutors, particularly Aaron Zelinsky, this pompous bully from Yale, who is going to have some serious problems after I file formal complaints, goes to federal judges and magistrates in three jurisdictions and says, Your Honor, we have probable cause and evidence to charge Roger Stone for treason, conspiracy against the United States, uh, cyber crimes, including uh, the receipt and dissemination of stolen data, cyber crimes, including unauthorized access to a protected computer, the money laundering of millions of dollars of Russian money in violation of the foreign campaign contributions ban, aiding and abetting a conspiracy, accessory to a conspiracy after the fact, mail fraud, wire fraud, they might as well throw in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, but they got a search warrant based on those, those uh, uh, presentations, and they had no evidence of any of those things. They violated my Fourth Amendment rights on the basis of my public Twitter feed. Yes. I did accurately predict that, that WikiLeaks would dump stuff in October, and they did. This is not a secret. There are many people who knew this was coming. It was, it, most of it came from the public realm. So uh, I think that I was targeted for a very specific reason, and I can tell you what that reason is. Finally, I wasn't able to say this for 16 months. On July 24th, 2019, one of the prosecutors contacted one of my lawyers after a hearing and said, we'd like to meet with you privately. And it was there that they proposed a deal. If your client will just come clean, if he'll just confess, if he'll just finally tell the truth about these 29 phone calls between he and candidate Trump in 2016 and admit that they were really about coordinating with the Russians and WikiLeaks, we might be willing to recommend that he serve no jail time. In other words, if your client is willing to lie uh, and, and bear false witness against the president of the United States, we would let him off the hook. Although we can't guarantee that the judge will take our recommendation of no jail time. It's really not up to us. It's up to her, but it's more likely that you would get a lighter sentence if you cooperate, to which I didn't even take me two seconds. I said, no because it would be a lie. I don't know of any, uh, of any uh, detrimental information regarding Donald Trump. I don't know of any laws that he's broken. 
Therefore, I would have to make the whole thing up. I just wasn't willing to do that. I look at Michael Cohn, and I think he is pathetic. I mean, uh, this guy goes before Congress back in February of 2019, and he says that he was in the office, Trump's office, uh, and Rona Graf, Trump's longtime personal assistant, came in and said, Roger Stone is on line three, that Trump put us on the speakerphone, uh, and that Trump and I spoke openly about the WikiLeaks disclosures. This is not only false, but Cohen can't even tell you when it happens. First, he said it happened in July during the Democratic convention. Then he changed the story, said, no, it was in August. Rona Graf has no memory of it. That's, and you know why? Because it never happened. That's why. Now, Mr. Cohn tried to peddle the story to the New York Times, the Washington Post, the New Yorker, but even the leaders in the fake news media need some corroboration before they can write this. Didn't stop him from saying it to Congress. It never happened. It's also uh, in the Mueller report. Um, I, I think it's redacted, although I'm not sure, but that doesn't make it any more true. Uh, this guy would say anything they wanted him to say. At the time, he was trying to negotiate for no jail time. Speaking of which, uh, right now, as of this second, I have to turn myself into a coronavirus-infested prison on June 30th. Michael Avenatti is on, on home confinement. Michael Cohen is on co home confinement. Why are there different rules for them than there are for me? Uh, doesn't that violate the equal protection standards in the US Constitution? But as of today, we're still not there, but pretty close, the Bureau of Prisons and the U.S. Attorney for D.C., that's who works for Bill Barr, will not give an inch on my coming incarceration. So I believe it's a death penalty, a death sentence. Uh, I, you know, I'm 67 years old. I have some history of respiratory problems. Uh, other, the other obvious, the other common medical ailments of someone my age. But I think I am susceptible to this virus. Uh, and I, I can't quite understand why they are home uh, and I'm being sent to uh, a hellhole. Roger Stone, why are you speaking out today? And, um, you know, tell us over these next two weeks, uh, what, what are you hoping to accomplish? Well, the reason I want to speak out is because you can go on Twitter or which has become just a cesspool of hate. I, I was banned on Twitter almost three years ago. Uh, I thought I would miss it. I really don't. Back when I was on Twitter, there was repartee. It was interesting. It was clever. It was somewhat funny. I mean, yeah, it got sharp edged, but it wasn't ugly. Today, it's just ugly. It's just a cesspool of hate. Uh, and with many, many libertarians and conservatives, Republicans, Trump supporters, non-liberals, anybody who's an independent thinker banned, um, it becomes overwhelming uh, and monolithic, and therefore it's not interesting. I'm still on Instagram, uh, which I enjoyed quite a bit, uh, and I have, I don't know, 50,000 followers. I'm still on Facebook, where I have 160 or 150,000 followers. Uh, but during this period of, of the uh, gag order, I was not permitted to post on any subject. So if I had a great hamburger for lunch and I took a picture of it and put it on Instagram, I would be arrested, even though it had nothing to do with my trial. 
Uh, it's important because I see on Twitter, in Facebook, in Instagram, people constantly saying, Stone was convicted by a jury of his peers, he's guilty. No, I was convicted in a Soviet-style show trial where the judge would not allow me to make the argument that Comey, Clapper, Brennan at all had lied and not been prosecuted, but I was. You're not allowed to raise that. I'm not allowed to raise the misconduct of the FBI, the Department of Justice, the Office of Special Counsel, or any member of Congress. General Flynn was not restricted in that way, and what did we find out? Misconduct by all of those people. Were I permitted to raise that, I could prove misconduct by every one of them, but I was not permitted to raise that. Uh, the underlying premise of my indictment, the Russians hacked the DNC and gave the information to WikiLeaks. I can prove through forensic evidence and expert testimony that no one hacked the DNC. I don't know who stole the data. I can see the data was stolen, but all of the technical evidence points to a, a download to some kind of portable device and removal of the data from the building. But I was not allowed to mount that defense, even though the Constitution says you're allowed to mount the defense of your choice. Uh, the judge ruled against me on at virtually every procedural motion. Uh, and then there's the makeup of the jury. Even in the District of Columbia, which Hillary Clinton got 71% of the vote, she was first. Jill Stein was second with the Green Party. She got another 15% of the vote. I think Donald Trump got 6% of the vote. But even on those mathematics, a jury pool of 120 people should include at least one Republican, at least one military veteran, at least one person who has below a college education, uh, at least one person who didn't work in either the Obama or the Clinton administration, not as civil servants, but as political appointees. But no, my jury included none of, the, none of those people, not a single Republican, not a single veteran, not a single union member, not a single blue collar worker, nobody with, a, with under a college education, but a majority of the jurors with post-college educations, including three lawyers, uh, at, at two jurors who had ties to the Department of Justice, one juror who had a tie to the FBI, uh, a, a substantial number of appointees in the Obama and Clinton administration. I'm not allowed to say more uh, about the jury pool because that information is uh, still under protective seal. All I'm saying it was not representative uh, of anything appearing to be a fair jury. And then I think as most people know now, after the, I was found guilty, uh, we learned that the jury forewoman, a woman named Tomika Hart, she outed herself on CNN, so I'm not revealing her name, she revealed her name, was on Twitter and Facebook in 2019, starting on the day I was arrested, attacking me and attacking Donald Trump. Now, the judge ruled that her attacks on Trump were irrelevant. I, I disagree with that, but it, it may be the law. This was a political trial. To try to pretend it wasn't, it's kind of unrealistic. But Hart's personal attacks on me are absolute evidence of bias. And when the judge says, your lawyers had an obligation to know, you can't know when a person has their social media platforms on private settings. And after the trial, she deleted 
uh, the Facebook posting. You see what she would do? She would take a Facebook link and place it on Twitter. Once you delete the Facebook uh, uh, profile, completely deleted it, a profile she'd had since 2008, she, she closed it and opened a new one. Why would you do that? Uh, during the hearing, public hearing, she said, well, I was kind of tired of Facebook. I just wanted to take a break. Fine, that's a reason to suspend your page, not to close your page. When my lawyers asked for permission to subpoena the deleted material from Facebook, that was denied. Uh, the Supreme Court is absolutely clear that every defendant uh, is entitled to a, 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 an impartial and indifferent jury. There was nothing indifferent about this woman. She was an active Democrat who ran for Congress. She was a Trump hater. You can see that in her post. One of her posts said, all of Trump supporters are racist. Well, that would include me. But when my lawyers raised that question, the judge says, well, there's no reason to believe that Ms. Hart knew that Stone was a friend of Donald Trump's prior to her selection as a juror. Of course there is. It was all over the news for two years that I was about to be indicted because of my association with Donald Trump. So um, I'm appealing on that issue alone because I was entitled to a new trial. Jonathan Turley, who was not a conservative or not a Republican, not, not in any way, uh, Andrew Napolitano, Alton Dershowitz, every prominent attorney who's looked at that decision says it's wrongly decided. The Supreme Court is really touchy about this. In the Boston Marathon bomber case, that guy got a new trial because one of the jurors had been posting on social media just about the general topic of terrorism, not even his case, but he got a new trial. I would have been entitled to a new trial, but that was denied. And then I am I'm appealing the conviction as well on a number of constitutional grounds, uh, including um, the, the uh, financing of the Mueller investigation, which is improper to begin with. The government's view is we can take the money out of any pocket we want. That's not what the law says. Uh, but also this, you can't criticize the special counsel. You can't criticize the FBI. You can't, you can't question their conduct. Uh, we don't think that passes constitutional muster. So, uh, but an appeal, people need to understand, could take a year, cost me a million dollars I don't have. Uh, and meanwhile, I would be sitting, you know, in a, uh, in a COVID-infested prison somewhere. I'm not allowed to tell you where, but let's just say it's nowhere close to my home, where my family is, uh, waiting. Uh, who knows if I would live as long as it would take for an appeal. So I've been very forthright. I have no any, I, there are no further legal actions that I can take. I moved for a new trial, that was denied. Most legal scholars were shocked when it was denied. Uh, the, the judge's decision that matter is contorted in its logic. Uh, but there's, there's nothing else I can do. I've been very clear that I, I'm praying that the president will step in in an act of clemency. That could be a commutation of my pardon, where I would then be free to fight my appeal to the end, uh, or a, an overall pardon, which would erase this horrific incident uh, from my life. Uh, but I continue to maintain that I am innocent. I'm also charged with witness tampering. That's interesting because the guy I'm accused of tampering with, I have written proof that he's threatened to shoot other witnesses in this case in the head if they contradicted him before the grand jury. So who tampered with witnesses? Really? Why wasn't he charged? 
But this, this counsel, the prosecutors in my case, who, by the way, are not non-political career line prosecutors, as the media will keep telling you, that's not who they are. One of them was counsel to Barack Obama in the White House. One of them was counsel to Hillary Clinton in the State Department. Those are not prosecutorial jobs. All four of them are Democrats. All four of them contributed to Democratic candidates for president, the one specifically ran against Donald Trump. These are partisans. Let's not try to pretend that they are bureaucrats with no political views. Uh, they then incredibly make a recommendation that I be incarcerated for seven to nine years. And in that recommendation, they accused me of aiding foreign interference in our election. I wasn't charged with that and I wasn't convicted with that, of that. That's one of 20 examples of things they want to give me additional time for that I didn't do. I published a book called The Myth of Russian Collusion. It came out on February 9th of 2019. The judge slapped a gag order on me on February 12th. Ergo, the book did not violate the gag order. But if you read their sentencing memo, it did. You can go to Amazon right now and see the real publication did. Uh, but, you know, books are dangerous. We need to burn them. Uh, the whole thing is uh, uh, Kafka-esque. Uh, it's very hard to believe that this can happen to anybody in America. So I want people to know that I didn't get a fair trial. That those on Twitter who say he was convicted by a jury of his peers, no, I, I, and I did not plead guilty. I pled not, not guilty, and I still maintain my evidence, and I'm still fighting this case. And the jury that I was subjected to was corrupted. Uh, and in my, in my opinion, the judge was biased. You may know that as soon as the verdict was reached, the judge praised the jury. So in our view, she could not possibly render a fair decision when we raised the question of jury corruption. And we asked her to recuse herself. And she said it was a publicity stunt, and she refused. In fact, she attacked my lawyers for bad faith throughout this entire process. I didn't know that lawyers did that. My lawyers never did anything in, in this case in bad faith. Any submission to the court was legitimate and was based on grounds. She has the right to deny them, but she doesn't have the right to continually accuse them of fraud, when in fact, it is the government that defrauded the court. When, uh, when we learned at trial and got the government to admit that the FBI never inspected the computer servers at the DNC and that they relied on a draft redacted memo from a company called CrowdStrike, which is a firm with strong ties to Hillary Clinton. That was where their assertion of Russian hacking came from. When we finally got them to admit that, one of the prosecutors, Jonathan Kravis, filed what they call a sir reply. It's a very rare thing. The judge has to approve the filing, the, uh, the act of filing, which she did. And in his filing, he said, we are in possession of additional information proving the Russians hacked the DNC. We just don't have to disclose it. You know what? Well, I call BS. That's a fraud. That's defrauding the court. Produce it. If you have it, produce it because you don't have it. The documents that were declassified last week, now CrowdStrike admits they weren't sure. So, uh, you know, it, it is very interesting, uh, the conduct of the government. Every one of their filings were insulting and vicious. 
but the judge objected to my lawyer's language uh, when he uh, asked her to recuse and asked for a hearing uh, uh, into the juror's conduct. She said that he was to New York, whatever that means. Uh, no, this, is, this was an extraordinary experience. Roger Stone, we appreciate uh, you coming on American Real today. And uh, unless you have any last words, we, we, we thank you for your time. Well, uh, people who want to help can help me in three ways. First of all, you can sign a petition to the president asking him for clemency in my case by going to freerogerstone.com. If you want to help me raise the million dollars I need for my appeal, you can go to stonedefensefund.com. That's stonedefensefund.com. You can give by PayPal or credit card. If you don't trust those, there's an address where you can mail a check. Or if you want to help my family, because we are struggling to, to survive, uh, money is needed for rent and groceries and gasoline, uh, uh, and, and particularly for medical expenses, because my wife has rheumatoid arthritis and we have no longer have our insurance, uh, you can go to stonefamilyfund.com. We are not living lavishly. We are not living high on the hog. We are struggling to get by. I had to move from my home to a small one-bedroom unit in an undisclosed neighborhood because the harassment at my old home, not only it was the expense, but the people camping out on the front lawn, people throwing stuff at the house, round-the-clock death threats, uh, it just got to be too much. So I thank you for the opportunity to be here and to lay it out, uh, and God bless anyone who wishes to help us. Uh, if you can't give, I understand you can pray for us. I will never stop fighting for the truth. Thanks for this opportunity, Roger. Thank you, sir. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you.